1: Okay, hello everyone and welcome to the show. So today we have with us, Tina Dietz, CEO of Twin Flames Studios, a full service award-winning audio production agency, creating strategic branded content through podcasting and audio books for experts, executives, and founders. So they can harness the power of their voice, their content, and relationships to become prominent, influential thought leaders in their industry. Fantastic. Hey, Welcome to the show, Tina.
2: Thanks, Mark. I'm really glad to be here. Oh,
1: So, so welcome. Can you expand a bit more on where are you today with your business and who is it that you'd love to work with?
2: Well, we just adore working with folks who have already been in their field for a while. They understand who they are and they're ready to get their voice out into the world in a bigger way. So there is a conversation we have about thought leadership and thought leadership is the conversation you have when you're going from success to prominence. Mm. And you are not just looking to make a difference for your clients or customers, but you're also looking to make a difference in your industry and move the needle and add something original to the thinking that's happening in your industry so that you can inspire others, um, your peers, your, know your community in addition to the folks that you're working with every day and serving
1: Mm. what does that truly mean there what what is the what is it for for someone going into that using this sort of this medium this this way of working what does it actually do as far as because it's a it can be like a sort of scary thing to really start to sort of move into how do you help your clients to open the gates and help them to see this sort of maybe a, a brand new world of what's possible.
2: Well, most of the folks who are coming to us for audiobooks and podcasting in the in that conversation are already pretty excited about getting their message out into the world. Mm. Um, they've done a tremendous amount of work on their mindset. Um, they're, you know, generally fairly well established in their business or they're moving from um, being successful in one area and moving into say consulting and speaking. So yeah. their knowledge base is already very, very strong. Where we're able to help them the most is in deepening their appreciation for their own voice. Sometimes their actual physical voice, which a lot of people, I would say most people don't really love the sound of their own voice. It's very, very common. Um, mm. I'll speak on stages and ask an audience who here doesn't like the sound of your own voice. And about 80 or more percent of the room will raise their hand if it's a business Uh, corporate, executive type of audience or an entrepreneurial audience. But Mm. even in a room full of podcasters and speakers, almost half the room will still raise their hands when I ask that question. It's very, very common. So we really help people fall in love with their own voice, with their own message, where that Mm. mirror and reflection for them, and we're holding them inside of the process Of getting their audiobook created getting their podcast created in a way that they feel confident that their message is well represented and that their voice is well represented and they're going to be out there with a product that sounds professional and that reaches people and creates the type of intimacy that they want
0: Mm,
1: beautiful that phrase you said there how to fall in love with their own voice now where they bring in a little bit of science in this one of the reasons why you know (laughs) we all don't like our voices because it doesn't sound familiar to us because the way we hear it with the vibrations that we have within our own head we actually hear something different than what actually everyone else hears so once you're nodding away you know this oh i only found out this recently i was like oh my gosh i never knew this was the case and and so when we hear it back there's something's off So, I mean, with Unforget Yourself, we always talk about alignment. So, when you're you're hearing this, but it doesn't sound like how you hear yourself every day, there's a trigger, there's a response, there's something in that. And I thought that's that bit there is so useful. I think it gives a bit of validation. And oh, it's not just I'm insecure, it's that there's an actual physical reason for this. I think that. That's That's a huge bit of information to to use and to have. Would you agree or
2: Oh, completely agree. Yeah. the resonance inside of your own skull and how we hear ourselves and how the the um filters and things we have psychologically for audio definitely impact the way that we hear ourselves. And we also tend to be horribly self-critical of ourselves, <laughs> particularly folks who are highly successful. Um, mm. you know, you don't kind of get somewhere in life without, being somebody who's able to self-reflect and improve. The the question is when when are you enough? When do you feel like it's okay and it's good enough to kind of get further out into the world? And that's usually the the bridge, the bridges that we're we're helping people build is that expansion of their voice out into the world. And it is important to have an appreciation for the instrument that you have. I call that your outside voice. Um, and then of course you've got the inside voice or voices. That Mm -hmm. are all of the um, beliefs and the conversations that you're having on the inside, the knowledge that you have. And I say often that if you're going to become a virtuoso of your voice, like somebody is a virtuoso of the violin, then Mm -hmm. you're looking to master your external instrument, but you're also looking to master the music that you're playing and be able to annotate and change the music you're playing on the inside. And that's Mm -hmm. when you truly come into alignment, coming back to your notion of alignment and at that point when you are aligned magic really begins to happen because then people truly can perceive that alignment which we do on a number of levels energetically psychologically and mm. physically and then your voice has even more impact on people and there's been a number of studies done on this as well
1: nice oh we can dive straight into, i love this diving into the science of what why how, Oh, it's it's threatening for me oh my gosh i could geek out but to bring it back into into the the experience of of your clients so i love there's the external voice and the internal voices so with those internal voices those little bit of doubt a little bit of anxiety a little bit of guilt all these things coming or just downright fear what would you say is like the, the biggest hurdle that that your clients have traditionally when they come to you that you have to kind of help them around that maybe they didn't realize was something they were going to face on this journey.
2: Usually it's the first moment that they get in front of a microphone or they get quote unquote in the booth. We're doing everything remotely, but there's still that experience of being in an environment. And it's interesting because so many of the folks we work with are very accomplished speakers, trainers, consultants that, you know, they're in front of Mm -hmm. all kinds of microphones all the time. But the experience of recording their audiobook in particular is a different feel than being in front of an audience or even yeah. doing something like this, which is much more free form. It has lots of flexibility. I'm gesticulating, the type of microphone I'm using, I'm able to move my body. When you're doing an audiobook, there is a discipline to it that they're not used to. And it involves, of course, reading at the same time as you're speaking, and then trying not to sound like it's read. So there's a whole skill set that our clients come away with when they do their audiobook that they didn't have before. Mm. That we get a lot of feedback is is very uh, valuable for them, and how they're breathing and how they're intoning their words. So the first part, going back to your question about what do they have to overcome, is just that comfort level of being okay in the environment and answering the question am i doing it right because we always want to know am i doing it right so we're able to provide that feedback for them
1: nice and i guess there's there's nuances of right because there's bringing your your personality i mean to be able to some people have other people reading their books other people Mm -hmm. do it themselves so there's there's a number of different tactics that you you could use um currently Kate and I are listening to um Stephen Fry book talking about all the Greek gods and the way Stephen Fry just talks his voice yeah uh, (laughs) with beauty and with excitement and the nuances and the levels that he brings into it it's like oh my gosh it's incredible other people don't quite have that those different sort of the variety musicality
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah
1: so it's it's interesting hearing this and of course it depends if it's a story if it's a um a business book it, it depends on the on the sort of the, the context but i found personally if i don't get on with the voice if it something doesn't quite sound right or not expected straight away there's a there's a barrier for me listening sometimes i get over it sometimes i don't so what's it like for you when Maybe someone says, "Yeah, am yeah, I doing it right?" You're like, fundamentally, no. This is horrible. How do you help people to <laughs> then move, move through and and uh, and start to make improvements?
2: Well, we usually make a number of decisions about who's going to narrate the book before we get started, and wow. that is based on not just the certainly the quality of the author's voice their desire to narrate it or not, because nobody yeah. wants to listen to something that feels like somebody slogged their way through it. It comes through. It really comes through. And narrating an audiobook does take a certain amount of time. So is the author going to enjoy it? Does it serve the work well, is another question, the type of work that is there. Um, and do they have the type of voice that's suited for it? So we may craft it as a professionally narrated audiobook with a narrator who can meet some of the key qualities that the author has in their voice we don't want it to be jarring for somebody to listen to a voice in an audiobook that is so far removed from the author's that it creates a disconnect yeah so that's part of our audition process is to create enough synergy between the author's voice and the narrator's voice mm. that you can live with that and have that 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 type of um, smooth experience of that. And then for the author themselves, you know, they need to be kind of willing to experiment. So we always go through, if they decide they want to narrate it themselves, they always have the option of going through the first recording session. Mm. And if we want to shift gears at that point, we can. There's nothing that's that's set in stone. And sometimes authors get into it and they're like, you know what? I thought I was going to be able to do this, but I'm not going to be able to devote the time or I just don't want to. Mm. And we may pivot to a professional narration, or we may pivot to what I lovingly call a Tony Robbins sandwich, which is a hybrid book. Tommy, Tony Robbins did all of his audiobooks this way, where he narrated the beginning and the end and kind of introduced mm. the, uh, the narrator for the middle. So yeah. there's lots of ways to do it. That's going to honor the book and it's going to honor the author's time and expertise
1: see that is i was going to drop in that that same question of okay what about a hybrid
2: because Mm
1: -hmm. uh, i don't know what book it was but there was the author um wasn't narrating the book so there was there was someone doing it great but at the end of each chapter he came in and did a almost an extra but you could tell that it was more it was not read it was he knew the subject he knew it's all about it was almost an extra little special thing that you get from the audio and there was something beautiful about that for me that it brought in a level of a change of pace
0: it yes. made
1: it real and I was looking forward to the end where I heard his take on that even though he wrote the book it was like oh it was it was kind of beautiful so
2: there's, there's so much fun little- to do yeah it, it, and, and you can add all kinds of things to an audiobook we um, have added uh, additional podcast interviews we've added music uh, excerpts from videos that are news clips that we've incorporated in for a multimedia experience uh, soundscaping uh, that can get done multiple narrators and voices are, are I think our record for number of voices on an audiobook is 39 which is not for the faint of heart let me tell you yeah. but there's so many it's such a creative medium that that you can use um and flex and that's one yeah. of the reasons why we love it
1: and I guess part of this is again coming back to the business it's it's there to have fun we want to have fun with the mm-hmm. work that we do we want to have fun with the the books that we produce we want to have that connection with the outside world. So for you, there's multiple levels of, of building a connection. It's, it's kind of beautiful to play on that. Um, so what was it that, that prompted you to jump on and get into this area? What was it that you said, yes, this is the company that I want to be building? What was that like?
2: Well, at the time, I was um, a business coach. I'm a therapist by training, and I've had a number of startup businesses over the years. I grew up as an entrepreneur, so I was um, coaching businesses, and I had built a practice that ended up coaching more than 20 different industries in eight different countries, and I was voice acting as a hobby,
0: hmm.
2: and which I just loved, and I grew up singing and dancing, and my mom always joked that when I came out of the womb it was any flat area was a stage for me. And I still <laughs> kind of like that. It's like, Tina, would you like to? Yes. And I'm, <laughs> I'm there with a microphone or on the stage or an improv or, or whatever it is. I, nice. it's, it's, the, it's not so much the showboating and limelight that attracts me. It's the experience of creating this shared emotional journey with other mm. people and having a good time together. And that's one of the reasons we love audiobooks and podcasting is we can create those same types of spaces of belonging and psychological safety where creativity comes to the forefront. So that's why we, we love to do that. But uh, I was in a audiobook narration masterclass at the time with um, uh, Pat Fraley, who is a well-recognized trainer in the industry, and um, my coach, Tony Silveri. And, It was in that process of learning audiobook narration and learning more about the industry that I had this entrepreneurial flash Mm. and thought to myself, wait a minute, why aren't my clients and colleagues who are self-publishing books like crazy, and this was at the beginning of the self-publishing craze, why aren't they doing audiobooks too? And that led me to researching more about the industry, more about gaps in the industry. And I found that I secret shopped more than 20 different audio publishers. And I found out that every single one of them was still doing traditional publishing model, which is where the, the author pretty much gave up their rights and royalties for the most part. were mm-hmm. making very little money, had very little creative decision making, and, and we're still paying at the same time. Um, and when I found that out, I got pissed off. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just I got offended that that was the case. Nice. But in truth, it still took me about 3 or 4 years to bring the audiobook idea to the forefront because I was building a totally different business and thinking to myself, "Well, how could I combine these two things?" Mm. And it was when my life circumstances changed dramatically that I decided to give it a shot and pull the trigger on the audiobooks
1: yeah beautiful so i I love that sort of the vigilancy hey this isn't right yes i'm going to do something about it and i think maybe with with a lot of entrepreneurs we all get to that point where either we don't want anyone to go through what we've been through or we hit a point where we see something and think okay that needs to change that is old thinking there is something fundamentally wrong the world's changed and no one else is doing it. I love the way you you were secret shopping. Beautiful phrase. I love that. So you took it by the scruff. Okay, it, it took a bit of time, but was was it? Were you just trying to work out how to best fit this in, or was there was there technical? Was there legal? What what were the barriers for you, or to get that going to start with?
2: Well, it felt like a massive pivot from what I was already doing, and. I had already achieved some level of success in my in the coaching business. And so I was reluctant to let that go because I couldn't see how mm. business coaching and producing audiobooks could live inside of the same umbrella. Yeah. And it was uh, several years later, I was continuing to monitor the audiobook industry, saw it growing, saw that no one was handling or really serving this particular audience of thought leaders. And nonfiction authors who were self-publishing or hybrid publishing, and I finally got to the point where um, I was in a position where I became the sole breadwinner for my family. And I decided, okay, I'm going to pilot this, and I was at an event where I had an opportunity in a room full of about a hundred thought leaders, many of whom were authors, and mm-hmm. I asked them if they'd be interested in participating in a survey on audiobooks. And did they know that audiobooks outsold ebooks three to one and were the fastest growing portion of the publishing industry? Well, they were intrigued. They all took the survey. And from there, I decided to make an offering of done-for-you audiobook services uh, instead of a course. That was one of the questions I surveyed on. Mm-hmm. And I just started taking on a couple of clients on the side just to pilot that new service. Well, it took off so quickly that within a year, it had fully eclipsed anything I had been doing in the coaching industry, Mm. and I was having so much fun doing it. And so I decided that I was going to double down and start to let the the coaching clients go and focus on building this um, new service in the industry. And we were first to market in a number of areas
1: fantastic there's something beautiful about about the speed of execution of taking an idea and be like hey people kind of thing I'm doing this are you interested sometimes it is crickets other times it's like um there was a reaction there's something in that and there's the great lesson listening to the listen to the audience listen to the people you ask them which, which one they wanted like now we don't of course i want this you know like, okay so I guess I'm going to provide that. There's something yeah. beautiful about that. I mean, sometimes as ego gets involved, we think this is what we should be doing. We think this is the, the angle when, and we're told otherwise. So were you were you sort of open and led and thought, hey, this I'm following, I'm feeling good. I'm following the sort of the, the flow or the sort of the, the breadcrumbs being left. Mm-hmm. Or was a part of you like, but I thought it was going to be that. And I was looking forward to that. Well, what was that journey like?
2: Well, it was in the survey that I wrote for the audiobooks, uh, just kind of gauging people's interest. There was one question that made Mm -hmm. all the difference, and it was the way I ended up writing the question. And It was just an inspired moment because I know how I operate and how I operated at the time. So the question was, are you more likely to, A, take a course and do your audiobook on your own? B, hire someone to create an audiobook for you, or C, take a course, realize how much work it is, and then hire someone to create the audiobook for you. Mm. That question blew people's minds. And mm. I got so many comments in the comment section that said, I was about to answer A, and then I realized I usually do C. I usually realize it, and then I end up hiring someone anyway. So why don't we just go skip right to it, and I'll save myself a lot of time and money. And that was that was actually what uh, triggered people to uh, want to do the the done for you services that we now yeah. uh, now do today.
1: Mm. So one question. One again, there's, there's a bit more to it than that, but there was a catalyst. There was a place where one question, one bit of inspiration allowed you put someone at choice. You made them see their choices, what they normally do, what they want to do. You hold them accountable. One question. Oh, my gosh. How beautiful is that? So you've had a couple of little catalysts in your business. That moment of, damn it, this ain't right. It needs to change. Then people screaming, this is what I want. What what would you say is your your biggest success from, from following your intuition, following what what you were told and actually then delivering?
2: Well, besides just deciding to start the the company, we were one of the first, if not the first, one of the first uh, companies to offer done for you audiobook services for this population at this level and remotely. Uh-huh. The second thing we did that we're now really well known for is remote author recording. At the time, when i started it was very arduous to have authors record their own audiobooks and because i have a background in voice and you know vocal training as well as coaching and being a therapist and all that i would train the authors ahead of time find a studio in their area hook yeah. them up and then you know take those files and work with an editor to get everything handled and published and all of that it was arduous and it was expensive And so it was another one of those, there's got to be a better way to do this. I know voiceover gets recorded remotely. How could we do this? I know I've recorded auditions and spots remotely. And so I started to put out questions into a Facebook group that I belong to of voice actors asking if anyone had ever experimented with this or did I have any recommendations on software. And a guy named Paul Stefano popped up. And Paul said, I've just been experimenting with this. And we got to talking and got to experimenting and we created a process for recording authors remotely. And now Paul has worked with my company for five years. So we're still together and we became the first audiobook company in the world to offer full remote direction and recording. So we get our directors on with the author for the entire time and we do the recording for them remotely. And nobody was doing that at the time. And um, very few companies still do that because they they just don't have the processes or the qualified directors yeah. to spend the time with the authors that they need to get that performance. So it's it's something I'm very, very proud of. And it's something that has really set us apart in the market in terms of quality and accessibility.
1: Love that. That is a beautiful story. Um, hopefully so inspirational for people listening. And that's actually, I just want to, again, double tap on that, follow that intuition, follow the speed, follow what feels right. You can see the breadcrumbs away. Hindsight's a great thing. I know that. I know. But in the moment, <laughs> oh my gosh, what can we see in the moment to make the right choices, to go in the right direction? Oh, it's beautiful. So, hey, Tina, thank you so much for sharing your business, a bit of background, um, some science and cool stuff along the way. It's been so, so much fun. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. You're welcome. Hey, if people
1: want to find out more about you and the amazing work that you do, where can they find you?
2: Oh, you can find us at twinflamesstudios.com. And you can also, if you Google my name, Tina Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, I'm the first result on Google.
1: There we go. Everyone, you, you can't help but check it out. Simple. So simple. Right, Tina, thank you so much. This has been, it's been an absolute pleasure.
2: Thanks, Mark. Welcome.
0: Our podcast gets noticed. That's
1: how people find us.
0: It is. And we want all their earballs.
1: <laughs> all the earballs all over the place.
0: We do. Nice. Yeah. So please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful.
1: And then more people hear your beautiful voice or yours.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> See you next time.
0: Bye.